Hello everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. <laughs> and today we're going to continue on with um, the Gunslinger and the Dark Man. Um, honestly, I wish I had prepared a Stephen King trivia, but I was so excited about this section that I totally forgot. And I think that's fine. <laughs> exactly. You you were so excited. You wanted to just jump right in. So let's keep. Let's just uh, dive straight into the chapter. Uh, uh, so, I, I believe yeah. where we left off was a blade of grass, but it was purple, right? Mm, yes, exactly. But it was purple, and yeah. So th- that's one of the weird divides between the old version and the new version. That the old version has this first line of the new version. Well. Actually, no, it's the opposite. The The old version has what we read as our last line in the previous section of the new version. It has it as the first line of the next section. So basically, okay. he just changed where the division between the sections is. Yeah. And so the man in black began to speak. Precisely, right? yeah. So actually, I'd like you to start this time because right. I'd like to hear the, the 2003 version. All right. So part five. The universe, he said, is the great all and offers a paradox too great for the finite mind to grasp. As the living brain cannot conceive of a non-living brain, although it may think it can, the finite mind cannot grasp the infinite. The prosaic fact of the multi of the universe's existence alone defeats both the pragmatist and the romantic. There was a time, yet a hundred generations before the world moved on, when mankind had achieved enough technical and scientific prowess to chip a few splinters from the great stone pillar of reality. Even so, the false light of science, knowledge if you like, shone in only a few developed countries. One company, or cabal, led the way in this regard, North Central Positronics, it called itself. Yet, despite a tremendous increase in available facts, there were remarkably few insights. So definitely the Man in Black is kind of pontificating a little bit. He's, I mean, pontificating, but also he's uh, giving a lot of, a little bit of uh, backstory for kind of what happened before the world moved on. I I have a lot of words to say. Go for it. (laughs) And thoughts. Oh my gosh. It's a hefty two paragraphs. Okay. The first thing that that I'm going to think about that I think is a theme through this entire section is going to be infinite. Exactly. Right? And the difference between finite and infinite, um, (laughs) that's the first thing. Um, Also, Kevin, how do you define prosaic? Because I I had to look that up. And and, Uh, and it was like, oh, of course that's what it means. (laughs) um, I would say prosaic is sort of of down-to-earth and like... Um, like I'm imagining like a clump of dirt is prosaic or like a grassy hill or something like that. Uh, what is so your definition? M- mundane, mundane. Is that a good, uh, yeah. so, but, it, but it comes from prose. So, so like the difference between prose and poetry really ah. is the question we have here. Right. True. And because <laughs> this prose is, is just talking. Po- yeah. Is it like that's, I've always been confused by that, uh, distinction. Um, <laughs> why is poetry like fancy and prose is like, oh, this is non I, I don't know. To me, they both, they, there's a big gray area between prose and poetry. What do you think? I feel like the, the what, what I would define as the dividing line between prose and poetry is that prose is 
basically it's just um hmm now you got me thinking because definitely a lot of great authors definitely consider their words very carefully. And that was going to be the first thing that I said, where it has to have some sort of a meter or a rhyme scheme to be poetry, but not always. Uh, all sorts of free verse uh, doesn't necessarily. But I, I, won- I wonder if prose is more about um, maybe it's just about length, maybe that prose is usually in terms of like paragraph structure and <laughs> multiple pages, whereas poetry know, is, is, Sa- Samuel Taylor Coleridge would disagree. Very true. Uh, the but rhyme of was, the ancient mariner is long as hell. And that's it a is, it poem. Is. <laughs> true. But I feel oh. like it's, it's still oriented around lines and stanzas. Whereas I feel like prose is more oriented around sentences and paragraphs. So it becomes much more about, you know, like, I feel like with poetry, the the exact, like, word placement and what line each word is on matters much more than prose. Whereas I feel like prose, like, the size of the book, I'm, if you changed it, the words would all be moved around much more. Whereas with poetry, I feel like it would all, the, all of the lines would still be the same length. So my question then is, would you consider Stephen King his prose, right? He like has uh, is, he has done prose. a few uh, short poems in a few of the collections. Uh, so it's just the length and and the way it's constructed. Personally, that's what I would say. Like, because you, you wouldn't call E. E. Cummings prose. That's obviously a poem. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Know? Because I feel like uh, a poetry is much more short form generally. I mean, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, notwithstanding. But there <laughs> is, uh, you know, I, I've, there are definitely epic poems. Like, I feel like Homer was ori- uh, originally had all of his works were epic, epic poetry. Poem. And, exactly. and that's actually more prose, really, than poetry. Homer. In a lot of ways. Yeah, I would say so. But I mean, we're not yeah. listening to it in the original uh, ancient Greek either. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we we got on a tangent right away, but prosaic in in, the way he's using it is in this sense is a a mundane fact. Exactly. The universe's existence single handedly defeats the pragmatist and the cynic. Oh, uh, that's what it said in the original. Kevin, talk about the changes that happened. All right. So first off, right at the beginning, um, he adds in, originally it just said, the universe, he said, offers a paradox too great to yada yada. And the new version, it's the universe is the great all. And I feel like this I kind of like because thus far, Roland is has just said uh, earlier uh, when the man in black mentioned something about the universe, Roland's like, I have no idea what that is. Uh <laughs> Oh no! Actually, that's uh, that's a change from the new version because uh, in the original it's the un- it's universe period. He said blankly, uh, and then in the new version it's universe question mark. The gunslinger said blankly. It was a word with yes. which he was unfamiliar. There's a lot more confusion in the original and, and yeah. a little more knowing in the uh, the new one. That that's what I noticed. Also, there's oh, a lot I was more say, uh, the exact per- opposite. Oh, I, I've also noticed there was a lot of parentheses that uh, were taken away. True. So, uh, Stephen King used to love the uh, uh, stream of thought uh, parenthetical that he would put in the middle of like uh, a paragraph of prose where it's just sort so, of either the the, the main character's uh, state of mind or, or whatever. Um, so th- and that was my question. I was like, what does the parentheses mean? Is this only happening in Roland's head? And is... Uh, the man in black also in his head. <laughs> Could be. 
in the parentheses, there's a response from the man in black in his head. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you are the same person. I don't know. I don't think they're the same person. I think I think everybody's the same person. <laughs> it's all just is? one guy. <laughs> it's all one blade of grass, and we're just an. If, uh, we're going to get to that, but anyway. Mm. True. Roland, Jake, oh, Man in Black, yes. all the same person. <laughs> well, uh, Jake is the child. I think Jake the, is the child of, uh, is of, Jake of Roland the inner and Susan. Child? Or is Jake inner the child inner child? Or the actual child of oh. him and Susan? Like, or like the, 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 the potential of him and Susan having a child is Jake. Mm. In sort of like a multiverse kind of way? That's what I'm thinking, you know? That's, mm. that's, that's weird. That, no, um, that, I, I like that thought, and I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, we definitely have to save this on a Nick's Predicts uh, uh, segment of the show. Nick's Predicts? I Wow, that's the first <laughs> time you said that. I like that. Indeed. <laughs> Next predicts. Uh, yeah, we should. We should. Uh, th- that's how we should end it. Like, yes. Kinda, right. Well, we're, we should like, go back what do you to think episode one. Happen? Ooh, mm-hmm. no! I was going to say we go back to episode one, and I'll just try and like clip out all the times that you uh, predicted something, and then we'll like keep that in mind for going further into the dark tower. Mm, there you go. Mm. <laughs> we're we're making oh, a lot of plans wait. that uh we may or may not uh follow through on but uh, yeah, fair warning to you true. listener <laughs> ah, i think we're gonna do our best you know yeah. that's all we can do exactly <laughs> and at the very least you know it'll be fun to talk about one way or the other so all right so here we go oh, uh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> i love you brother love you too so that was the first change. Uh, so second change where it's basically just changing a couple of words around here and there. Uh, in the original, we've got the prosaic fact of the universe's existence single-handedly defeats the pragmatist. And then in the new version, it just says uh, the universe's existence alone defeats both the pragmatist and yada yada. Uh, and, the, and, no, no, and the cynic. So wait, what, what's your difference there? Damn it, I should have this open. Yes, exactly. The The original, um, it said the cynic, and the new version, it says the romantic. So it's interesting wait, that he I want places... to talk about the definition of those three words. Yes, go for it. Because we've, we've talked about Roland being a pragmatist before. Mm. All the time. Like, this is what he does. He's, he's pragmatic. He yeah. focuses on things. Exactly. Okay, so now, he is very action oriented. He doesn't care about why. The jawbone worked? Great. Who cares why? Cool. I don't know. Yeah. I don't need to like read into it. It worked. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's how his mind goes. Now <laughs> we have where we are. Mm-hmm. Um in the original it was the cynic. So cynicism. What what does that word mean to you to be a cynic? <sighs> I mean, there's the casual definition, I feel like, of a cynic, where it's just someone who is very cynic. I feel like a cynic would be very jaded and sort of uh, unbelieving of most things. Um, maybe... Yeah, unbelieving. I, th- yeah. I think unbelieving is the best word for a cynic. Now, how would you define a romantic? A romantic, I Besides, would say... Uh, <laughs> what's what's that song by the romantics uh <laughs> oh dang it i should have had this ready to go in my brain uh what i like about you what i like about you 
Am I even right? Hang on, let me just double check. Yes, it is. Uh, what I like about <laughs> you talking in your sleep, uh, one in a million, when I look in your eyes. But yeah, what I like about you is definitely uh, the one I think of like the most. What I like about you is... Yeah. Stop whispering in my, in my ear. ear. Tell me all the things that I, I want to hear because that's it's true. true. That's what it's I like what about, I like about you. you. <laughs> we are definitely <laughs> off on the sink. Exactly. Uh, Zoom, it's never we were in the exactly same room. Right. If only. Uh. <laughs> so I would define a romantic probably as someone who's very idealistic and sort of believes in honor and feels that if they're doing the right thing, then the universe will sort of reward them accordingly because they're doing the right thing. It's almost the exact opposite of a cynic. Like, yeah, that's I would say one so. of the biggest orange change, right? Definitely. That's yeah. orange. Yeah. That, that's happened. Like, that's, oh man. And it's so cynic interesting. And romantic. It's so interesting that he leaves the word pragmatist in there so that mm-hmm. both of these diametrically opposed words are as compared to a pragmatist. So it's interesting that pragmatist is almost like the fulcrum of that change. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You could be a cynic or you could be a romantic. You can, you can look at things as, well, I think he also says something about uh, optimism and pessimism in here, right? Um, uh, Or or is that coming up? I think that's Um, coming up. Yeah. No worries. But yeah, so. Slow roll. So it's interesting that in the original version, he said the fa- the prosaic fact of the universe uh, single-handedly defeats both the pragmatist and the cynic. So saying that whether you're just caring about your day-to-day life and you're not really thinking about outside of it, of course, you're not going to worry about the universe because you're focused too much on you know the cost of eggs, whereas the... The cynic is going to be much more con- uh, the idea of the universe is going to defeat them because like I feel like a cynic would be less believing of the idea of infinity. They would just be sort of concerned very much with, oh, I, this is only the things that I can define and nail down and see in front of me. Like, for, like it's I have a hard time <laughs> separating cynic from skeptic because I feel like there's a lot of overlap between the two. Okay. Wait, I think oh, that's a good. That's another good question. Look up skeptic. Okay. Um, because I think a cynic is somebody who's like you know looking at something going. I, I think I'm cynical all the time. I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. Mm. But to be like skeptical, like takes it like a step further, like of like not believing it whether you've been given the uh, <laughs> the the facts. You know what I mean? Let's um, see. So according to like flat, uh, flat earthers, where, where would flat earthers fall on this scale? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, all right. So according <laughs> according to Oxford languages, a cynic is a person who believes that people are motivated purely by self-interest rather than acting for honorable or unselfish reasons. Uh, oh, or, wow. That's yeah, different so than what we were saying different at all. What we thought. Yeah, I think we were saying more as a skeptic. Skeptic is a person yeah. inclined to question or doubt accepted opinions. Um, so let's see. And in, in terms of the ancient ph- ph- philosophy uh, definition of those words, a skeptic would be a one who denies the possibility of knowledge or even rational belief in some sphere. Whereas a cynic yeah. is okay. a, a cynic would be uh, marked by an ostentatious contempt for ease and pleasure. Uh, wow, that's. <laughs> ostentatious okay so it's like uh, um, um, what's it called privilege 
is Cut. cynicism is like I think so. People yeah, with, right. Well, ostentatious contempt for ease and pleasure. So I feel like by that definition, a cynic would be oh, the kind of person. For, so so yeah. the people who hate privilege. Actually, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm imagining a cynic wearing like sackcloth and ashes and uh, saying that, you know, the, the bourgeoisie are, are destroying the planet. Yes. Uh, um, so being cynical, cynical of people who in power. Being cynical of people in power is, is what a cynic is, and which is always a good change thing. to change to a romantic, which on the other hand is um, kind of like being optimistic about the world. Is, is that what you're saying? That was my point of view that it was uh, idealistic and sort of believing in honor, and that you know if you do the right things, then the good will always prevail. Uh, basically, like it's for, like because I'm pretty sure. The, the root word for uh, romantic, uh, even before being like amorous or uh, having to do with love, originally was more about a, a roman was like a story. So basically one who believes that the, the way that stories go is how real life should go, kind of. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to be a romantic over a cynic because... I like to think that things are going to be good overall, mm. rather than thinking like, oh, this all sucks because of this, whatever. Like, I think that's what a cynic is sometimes. And I, I am both throughout my day. <laughs> I, I think I'd like to be more the romantic and less the cynic, mm. you know? True. It's it, it's hard to tell because the the philosophical version isn't really the same as the modernly used version of each of those words, and I think the meaning is almost switched. So it's totally it, changed over time. Yeah, exactly. That, that's so, how etymology goes in philology, the study of languages. You know. True. So based <clears throat> on the the number one definition, we'll say a cynic is a person who is motivated by self interest rather than honorable or unselfish reasons whereas a skeptic is a person who's inclined to doubt accepted opinions so you're being cynical when you assume the worst out of other people and you're being skeptical when you ne- you don't necessarily it's interesting that there's so much overlap between the two and so you're yeah, you're being skeptical it's like a venn diagram like exactly yeah i <laughs> where feel does like everything fall and true. it could be a three-way venn diagram with romantic in there as well, well i feel like romantic <laughs> is kind of the opposite of both terms it's outside yeah it's like yeah i, I got almost but <laughs> defined both by their relationship to being a romantic kind of because a cynic looks at a romantic with scorn and well assume that they're lying whereas a skeptic would look at a romantic and try to show that everything that they believe as true isn't necessarily true in the real world okay maybe maybe that's how i define those two words yeah it's just interesting that he changed those words exactly Um, yeah and he I, i think he wanted to make it more optimistic i would say so it's a romantic over cynic yeah, I don't because I feel like Moving on. the <laughs> true, true. Uh, we could talk about uh, word word meaning and uh, connotations all day long. But yes, let's well, let's continue. Th- that's why we're here, right? Exactly. This is what we do. <laughs> 
because we're so, about to get to some crazy words. Oh my gosh, yes, this indeed. whole section. <laughs> now we've got a major yellow change, a major word drop. One company or cabal led the way in this regard, North Central Positronics, it called itself. So Nick, mm. do you remember North Central Positronics? That was back at the way station, right? Precisely. The the yeah. uh, the atomic like uh, water pump or whatever. Uh, it's had uh, North Central Positronics on it. It's like, um, oh, dang it. What's I remembered? Uh, in, in the Pixar universe, there's a, uh, a company that is there all the time. Was it, um, uh, are you talking about uh, By and Large or are you talking about Pizza Planet? Yes. <laughs> by and Large. Yeah. By and Large is what. See, if, if I pose it as a trivia question, it doesn't make it sound like I don't know the answer. I'm like, Kevin, do you know the... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, but by and large, that's what it reminded me of. Mm. Positronics has like, been around for however long. Exactly, yeah. Well, um, uh, Toy Story 3, Buzz Lightyear's uh, batteries say B&L on them. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Wally, some point that's, in the Wally, far future. Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah. We could talk about the Pixar theory all day, and that's what is it going to be the podcast that uh, Sylvan and I are going to do. Mm. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. Hey, check it out. I don't so, know what yes. we're going to call it yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, the point being, so North Central Positronics. Positronics is a, this is an electrical thing that has been found? What? Uh, basically saying that. This isn't in the original at all. This is a yellow. Right, there's a addition. So basically, the Man of Black is saying that um, there was a time, yet a hundred generations before the world m- moved on, when mankind had achieved enough technical and scientific prowess to chip a few splinters away from the great stone pillar of reality. And even so, the false light of science shown in only a few developed countries. Uh, so basically saying that in the past, long before the world moved on, there were these companies that had came, uh, made a tremendous scientific, uh, breakthroughs and, uh, whatnot. So, and this one company that it mentioned specifically in the new version, North Central Positronics. And we have evidence, uh, just based on the fact that this atomic, uh, pump is still operating at some point over a hundred generations, even before the world moved on, that these things last forever. Yeah, that's the point is that us silly humans, this is what I call us all the time Mm. in my environmental science class. I I, I call us, us silly humans made some mistakes. And we're trying we're trying to fix them now. You know? <laughs> Silly creatures to quote to Fraggle oh, Rock. To to try to to try to control the world around you. Oh, and then such. I wrote in big letters on the board, I was like I was like <laughs> we're not even getting into this yet, but I'm I'm in the uh year talking about environmental science and I was like, I'm gonna come back to this word all the time and it is and in big letters sustainability. Like mm-hmm. Just written across, I was like, we are not being sustainable. So that's what this is all about. Totally. Right? That, that the humans, the silly humans. Exactly. <laughs> that that. Could, could control things. Precisely. And the not to mention the in, tremendous increase in available facts was only available to certain countries. So basically, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, the, the fact... That there's developed and developing countries, and I remember teaching that for over the years, and I'm like, 
this is stupid. Yeah. Why do only certain people have the, the technology to like survive and, and other humans on the planet are struggling to survive? Oh, mm. it was very dis- depressing class to teach Kevin uh-huh. um, <laughs> environmental science. And I felt that from the kid's point of view. So always I would like end each class was like, well, here's the thing we're doing to change this. Here's exactly. <laughs> here's what we're trying to do to make it better. You always <laughs> got to end on a hopeful note. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Uh, anyway, because anyway. that's what this is about, right? The, this Precisely. Whole section. Yeah. Yeah. So go, go, uh, on. go on. Yeah. So in the new, uh, as we go on, it continues in this vein. Gunslinger, our many times grandfathers conquered the disease which rots, which they called cancer, almost conquered aging, walked on the moon. I don't believe that, the gunslinger said flatly. <laughs> to this, the man in black smiled and answered, you needn't. Yet it was so. They made or discovered a hundred other marvelous baubles, but this wealth of information produced little or no insight. There were no great odes written to the wonders of artificial insemination, uh, having babies from frozen mansperm, or to the cars that ran on the power of the sun, yet few, if any, seem to have grasped the truest principle of reality. New knowledge leads away always to yet more awesome mysteries. Greater, philis- greater physiological knowledge of the brain makes the knowledge of the soul less possible, yet more probable by the nature of the search. Do you see? Of course you don't. You've reached the limited limits of your comprehension of your ability to comprehend. But never mind, that's beside the point. So very, he's he's going into his his pontificating phase at this point, where he's kind of saying that oh, big you know, time, oh big time, <laughs> oh my gosh, the pontification that's happening. Uh, it's, and well, meanwhile, it, it makes me it makes me love Stephen King. Yeah, uh, again. <laughs> True, it's like, great this, stuff. In this here. whole section of this book is like, wow, your brain is thinking in a different way than most people and a lot of those things were changes in 2003 also totally totally is that right yeah Yeah. exactly yeah see originally it said marvelous baubles i'm sorry i I just my my mind just went to that (laughs) baubles is a great word (laughs) Uh, baubles always always makes me think of like christmas ornaments i don't know right yeah i would agree but, like and that. basically, he's kind of saying that uh, they had all of this, like, m- wonderful uh, insights into science and everything. But meanwhile, it was all just, you know, uh, it's, it's Christmas uh, decorations. It's uh, something just designed to be flashy and pretty, but don't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, <laughs> but well, I want to say in the original, there is that's a whole parenthetical at one point. Exactly. He yeah. says, uh, I don't believe that the gunslinger said flatly mm-hmm. to which the man in black merely smiled and answered. You needn't all in that same parentheses, but with an extra quote inside. So like the man in black is in Roland's head mm. is what I'm saying. Well, see, I took it the opposite way, that everything outside of the parentheses is just the man in black kind of going on this monologue as he's talking about the universe and the North Central Positronics and blah, blah, blah. I think that's why he he took away the parentheses in the 2003 because I I was confused. I was like, what's happened? Why are there parentheses? That's strange yeah i feel like and then the, there's a big dash and goes and made for like like and then there's another parentheses it's like as he's saying this whole story um 
it's like there's some thoughts that Roland has, but then he's still talking. So it's like it's happening simultaneously. I don't know. That's interesting. Because I feel like we haven't really addressed the fact that they've said a couple of times that this night is going to go on for as long as it has to. So there's some sort of magical extending of time going on here. So oh, I wonder... Well, I yeah. knew that the whole time, I think. Yeah. I was like, time doesn't matter here. Mm. Or it matters very much. I don't know. <laughs> it definitely works differently here, that's for sure. But, that's for sure. Um, but this night in particular, the, there's a lot of weird things going on. So I wonder almost... Um, well, I can theorize, uh, in a second, um, but to bring it back down to the prosaic, uh, I, I do personally feel like I agree with what you said, that having it within the parentheses makes it a little bit more confusing as to what, what that means. Like, I feel like originally, uh, Stephen King was just trying to be, like, experimenting with the form, and he's a young writer, so he's gonna, uh, you know, do all weird things with prose and whatnot, make prose less prosaic. Yeah, it's precisely what I thought when I was reading this. I was like, oh, Kevin's going to say that uh, uh, 2003 Stephen King was talking to <laughs> 1982 Stephen King and being like, all right, all right, let's, let's on, tighten up this paragraph. And and like, and it's really great. I, this is. is this is a wonderful change. And, and would you say, is this all, there's, there's a little yellow and orange in there, some blues, right? Oh, totally, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 so... Let's see. We've got actually we've got all four within that section that I just read. Nice. So, uh. yeah, the when it starts at uh Gunslinger uh our uh yeah, originally that was in the middle of the previous paragraph, but in the new version, he made that the first word of the the following paragraph so that it stands apart a little bit more. Uh mm-hmm. And then we've... So that one's a blue change. Then uh, in the original, it said, Gunslinger, our fathers conquered the disease which rots, which we call cancer. And in the new version, it says, our many times great-grandfathers. So this was many, many generations ago, rather than... uh, He was speaking much more metaphorically when he said, our fathers conquered, yada, yada. So... All right. So so I, I can't really go past that without mentioning that our mother had cancer and that's what ravaged her body and that's unfortunately why she's not with us anymore Mm -hmm. um and so we have not conquered that clearly (laughs) certainly not yet yeah Yeah, the we haven't gotten our north central positronics yet but in any case uh so no worries i don't want to make you sad (laughs) that's all right it's you know we're bringing it all back to uh you know our um personal stories and whatnot uh but yeah, exactly. yeah. It's, so it's in yeah in the new version it, it's indeed in the new version it said which they called cancer and the original it said which we call cancer so it's kind of establishing that because i feel like that one makes more sense because conquered the disease which rots which they called cancer so implying that disease which rots is the term that roland is more familiar with so i feel like if why mm-hmm. would you yeah why would you say the disease which rots which we call cancer because then who calls it the disease which which rots that's that's not a common phrase in anywhere uh but <laughs> And then in the original, it also said, uh, went to the moon as opposed to walked on the moon. So that's sort of more of a potato, potato, potato change, I would say. Yeah, it's uh, really... that's, a, that's a blue. Um, 
but however we did go to the moon that happened. we did so, exactly and, that, and roland that, doesn't believe that <laughs> yeah that's another one of my pet peeves when you people needed. say it's oh a- it was just uh you know in a sound stage and uh, recorded by stanley kubrick and blah 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 and i'm like no we went to the moon believe in something uh <laughs> But yeah, so that kind of yeah, there uh, are cements a lot of people who don't believe that that happened. So many, so many. Uh, that's that's I feel like where the cynic and the skeptic kind of uh, flat earther kind of thing. <laughs> I feel like flat earthers are even dumber though. Like I feel like <laughs> like the I could understand. Well, I feel like they're being dumb on purpose. It, it's like yes. it, like as a joke, they're trolling us. They're trolling. But they've started to believe their you know? own rhetoric. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so uh buzz aldrin it, there's a great video of him just knocking a dude out like good. he just keeps talking him <laughs> like you didn't go to the movies like i was there like i literally walked on the surface and like and then he punched the guy in the face <laughs> that sounds awesome to me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do. I do not promote uh, true violence. No, I do not promote violence against others. Certainly, but I've I mean, never punched somebody in the face. Never, I've been punched in the face. I've never punched anybody time. in the face. It's a weird feeling. It's like, oh, I just punched my brother Pete. That was not cool. <laughs> uh, I love you, Pete. Oh, Pete punched you in the face. <laughs> what? True. Yes, I do remember that story. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. We don't need to talk about that. True. That's well, when it's brothers, podcast. it barely counts. Like, <laughs> brothers punching each other in the face is practically a rite of passage. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is what it feels like, all right? Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt you, and I'll, you know, I'll go get you some ice, but, you know, we're, we're mad a little bit. Yeah. True. Anyway, Me and Dennis, it was, it was always much more wrestling. It was, wasn't so much actual, like, punching. No, there was definitely wrestling happened, but it was his 21st birthday, and I don't know. It was a Mike Tyson fight. Of course. So. It'll rile you up. <laughs> it, it, we were riled. Escalated, <laughs> if you will. Mm. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyway, um, <laughs> point being, you're, uh, there are no hard feelings in either direction. <laughs> But in any case, so uh, yada yada. Uh, so, so yeah, marvelous hmm? bubbles, right? Is that where we're at, or further? Uh, let's see. He said, uh, "You needn't." Uh, so I feel like that's also kind of the man in black being kind of uh, condescending to Roland, being like, "Don't worry about it." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, buddy, you can't handle this yet. You can't handle the idea that people went to the moon. So, the, and also that's kind of confirming everything that the man in black has been saying. That uh, if you found out the true secrets of the universe, your head would explode. You you can't even believe that we went to the moon. Come on. Well. I mean, reading this whole section, I was yeah. like, my mind is blown. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, this is, uh, existentialism is really oh, totally. where, where, you know, this is what this is all about. And even more so <laughs> than existentialism, it's almost just perspective on our place within the the immense size of the universe. The cosmic uh, universe, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so You're hurting my brain, Kevin. It was Stephen King's fault, not mine. Uh, Stephen, you're hurting my brain, Stephen. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that, that could be a t-shirt. 
you know. You're hurting my brain, Stephen. <laughs> You're hurting my brain, Stephen. <laughs> that, that is a good one. Uh, so, so then after uh, you needn't, that was another. That was a, the first section that was in a pair uh, parentheses. So then, uh, Mater discovered a hundred other marvelous baubles. Yada yada yada. And then, then when he goes on to talking about, there were now odes written to the wonders of artificial insemination. In the original uh, parentheses, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Nick, why don't you read this part? The the parentheses. Oh, uh, <laughs> what? Having babies from frozen man sperm? Bullshit. As you wish. Although not even the ancients could produce the children from that material. What? So he and, makes a poop that's like joke. A separate. That's a separate. What? What the heck just happened there? It's a separate <laughs> quotation. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So who's speaking there? So uh, so it's it's Roland at first, then the man in black. I don't even Roland know. Roland is saying it's bullshit, and then the man in black is like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as you wish, as you although wish. not even the ancients could produce children from that material. Yeah. Um, huh. He makes a poop yeah. joke, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm kind of glad that Stephen King took out. <laughs> That's a poop joke? I thought yeah. it was uh, talking about the semen or something. No, no, no. Right? Bo- uh, even the ancients couldn't make uh, produce children from bullshit. Oh, uh, <laughs> that is a good joke. Oh, I'm so slow. <laughs> he took it out. He took out a poop joke. Uh, that. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Nick is slow. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> That's the thing because it, you need to like read it through like three or four times to realize what he, he actually means. <laughs> I feel like you almost need italics on the that material. Uh, well, it, it was a separate quote, and that's why I, I didn't understand it within the parentheses. Which are, are they still parentheses or brackets? I don't even. Okay, uh, pr- I've got parentheses on my version. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so much. I, I I've I've listened to a, a lot of our uh, previous one, and, and like I spent a lot of time just laughing, and I'm like, hey. I should stop doing that. <laughs> Not at all. I love hearing people laugh. It's great. <laughs> Um, point is, point is yes. So he took out that little section where, and in the new version, yeah, it just says little, uh, little, little uh, poop joke. Yeah, all, oh, all oh, he wait. does is explain what artificial insemination is between a couple of dashes. Yeah. So, so Dad used to do this thing where he would run his hand like way over his head mm-hmm. when he's talking to me because every joke he says went over my head. <laughs> Anyway, um, anyway, so he took that. He took that out, and and we're then moving also, on. So, so right that, that's, after a, that, that's a red. That's a red change. Then exactly. Yeah. Right? Hey, yeah. hooray! Red line. Yeah. Look, the colors. So and then a little bit later, he changed it from uh, the car which moves to the cars that ran on power from the sun. And also, um, in the original, it has car which moves uh, all hyphenated together the way that he had uh, disease which rots. Which we have. Which we have. There are solar-powered cars. We do have solar-powered uh, like, cars. They, they actually, there's a race that you... Um, oh, really? To determine the fastest oh. one? Well, it's more, it's more about distance and like how far it can go um, mm. in a certain amount of time. I, I forget the name of it, but... Uh, mm. I remember watching it with the kids in class and uh, being like, if we can do this, why aren't we doing this? 
True. <laughs> so, Nick, trivia question for you: When was the oh, first? Right. When was the first uh, solar-powered car uh, ever displayed at a convention? Mm. Oh, that's it, it, the eighties, eighty-six. Uh, the first, it was a tiny 15 inch vehicle created by General Motors employee, William G. Cobb designated this even earlier, designated the sun way earlier. He displayed it in 1955 in Chicago. 55. Oh yeah. This (laughs) damn it. That is like uh, th- that is like Tomorrowland uh, levels. Yeah, like yeah, in, uh, we could have had Tony solar powered cars in Howard the sixties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that was uh, uh, those World's Fairs. Was it was it at one of those? Uh, uh, like, the Chicago like Powerama Convention. Powerama, man, oh, and we just didn't. We just keep didn't. going. I mean, it, it's definitely not this is the way fully... of the future, and it's like yeah. that was the fifties. Yeah, the, this makes this me is what sad about when... like society in general. Exactly when when yep. uh, political, uh, you know, um, political like uh, what do you call them? Lobbyists are like controlling what uh, gets funding and what things get buried and whatnot. Because uh, yeah. I feel like the the solar and the electric cars were definitely never, you know, advanced upon just because of the oil industries. Isn't that sad? Very oh, much. Well. Here we are trying Here to are. correct the mistakes of the past. <laughs> uh, ooh, actually, oh, this get- is a sad episode, Kevin. Let's make it yeah. funnier. True. All right, moving uh, on. D- uh, if you're curious, the fastest <laughs> uh, solar car uh, was 56.75 miles per hour. Fastest is... Huh. Yeah, That's so solar cars don't go very fast. Uh, no, no. no, it, no. It, like I said, it, it, it's a longevity race. It's, exactly. it's how well can you... Because it's not... That's the real problem with the solar power in general. It's 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 good, but it's variable, and it's only it is. if if you're getting, it's not constant. And mm. we're working on it. We're working on it, guys. So True. stay tuned to Earth and how us humans treat it. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, <laughs> I mean that's the that's the biggest like TV show there is. is like Earth. This is the how are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's well, figure it out, great. guys. Not great. <laughs> not too good. No, no, no. This is, but this is an early season, and there's still an arc that's hopefully <laughs> to go. Oh, uh, no, I, we're in the middle. Oh, to me, we're, I'm we're just always worried that I'm always worried that we are so much closer to the you know later seasons where we've messed up so many things, and the writers are just throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks. And oh, there were uh, times there were times in 2020 when it felt like the end uh, end times. I was not uh, sure that we were going to make it. The Earth will be fine. It's the the human race that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a show about the human race. I mean, we're the mm-hmm. we you know you can't see uh, outside of your own eyeballs. No, we're just picking up the show in the middle. In media race is what's happening. <laughs> I suppose because the Earth has been here for four point six billion years. The this is true. Human race has only been here for oh jeez. I mean, Homo. I want to say Sapiens, particular like uh, 10,000 years ago, maybe oh. or, or let more than that. 50, not even 50. I, less than that. OK, so my guess was going to be 10 million. So I'm way off. 
No, I think it's in the thousands. Oh, yeah. well, it might be a million. Uh, no, I, I think I'm off. Okay, so I, I'm just that's thro- our guess. Out. Now we are going uh, to... Let's look at The up. first, like... Because there's Homo erectus, there's Australopithecus, there's uh, you know, a bunch of different uh, levels of uh, primate evolution that brought us to what we are today, Homo sapiens, right? Correct. Homo erectus, that's always the fun one to say in class. And kids oh, are like, of course. Uh, there's erectus. always going to be, <laughs> just, like, be uh, just like talking about uh, Uranus, which is how I always have to pronounce it, because... If you say Uranus, you're always going to get a chuckle. That's for sure. <laughs> get it? Your anus. Uh, but let's see. So according to Wikipedia, uh, the so it depends on your definition of when you would call something human. So mm-hmm. according to this, in the late Miocene epoch, which took place between eight and four million years ago, that is when mm-hmm. humans and uh what is it? When humans and chimpanzees slash bonobos separated in mm-hmm. the family tree. So th- during this split, chromosome two was jo- formed by the joining of two other chromosomes, leaving humans with only 23 pairs of chromosomes compared to 24 for the other apes. So during this split, the hominins uh, diversified into many species and in- at least two distinct genera, all but one of these lineages represented by the genus Homo and the sole extant species Homo sapiens are now extinct. So that includes troglodytes, that includes the, what do you call? Um, Wait, why are troglodytes involved? Oh, no, no, that's wrong. Uh, Pan troglodytes is just chimpanzees, so that's different. So uh, that's when chimpanzees and bonobos split off from humans. That's that's what that... I'm looking at a graph here. Um, exactly. You're going all the way back. I'm saying jump to at what homo point sapien. Did we, at what point did we become homo sapiens? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. see. According to this... Uh, uh, what the number that you're probably thinking of is up until 12,000 years ago, all humans lived as hunter-gatherers. The Neolithic gen- uh, Revolution, the invention of agriculture, took place Southeast Asia and spread That's through large of. parts of yeah. the old, old world over the following millennia. So that is so it, a fair definition of when we went from sort of more animalistic to more uh, civilized, I guess, if you want to make that distinction. Exactly. Like going from living off the land to all of a sudden, oh, we, we can control this. I, I can grow all the crops I want right here. And so yeah. the agricultural revolution is the save, first step. Yeah. If I save these things that are seeds and then just throw them down uh, next year after winter's over, then they'll come back. Mm-hmm. We got too smart for our own good because then it got worse, and that's the industrial revolution, which he's also um, talking about here. Um, the problem is, it's just the fact that uh, I mean, we could go on and on about uh, imperialism and the uh, destruction of uh, the Native Americans uh, all day, but we yeah. should we should yeah. get back to the book. Uh, we should get back to the book. Oh my yes. gosh, what are we doing? Um, uh, or to the car which moves, few, if any, seem to have grasped the principle of reality. New knowledge leads always to yet awesome mysteries. Greater physiolo- physiological knowledge of the brain makes the existence of the soul less possible, yet more probable by the nature of the search. Do you see? Of course you don't. You're surrounded by your own romantic aura. You lie check and jowl daily with the arcane. 
And now you approach the limits, not of belief, but of comprehension. You face reverse entropy of the soul. Yeah. So there we got a few things actually removed. Um, we've got, let's see. So where it says, so basically starting from the point where you said, of course you don't. Um, yeah. That part where it says you are surrounded by your own romantic uh, aura uh, and you lie cheek and jowl daily with the arcane. That's all taken out. So, which I feel like I kind of like that sentence. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I like it's, that sentence too. Cheek yeah, and jowl. You lie cheek and jowl daily with the arcane. Because I feel like that kind of establishes more the tone of uh, Roland. He may look like a cowboy, but he's really in a fantasy story. So, because, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then <laughs> it says stranger in a strange land, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, Oops. oh, wait, some other good words in there. Arcane. Lovely. What, what is, it just means, uh, magical, I think. And, oh, wow. At least that's no, my, I, I, I was just thinking of it. Can you look it up? Uh, I thought arcane meant like just kind of basic and regular. No. Ooh, no. uh, arcane according to Miriam Webster it is either one uh, known or knowable only to a few people or secret like arcane rites or an arcane ritual often broadly it's used as mysterious or obscure arcane explanation or arcane technical uh, details but certainly in a um, D&D sense I always assumed that arcane meant magical or uh, somehow oh, okay. uh, fantasy-oriented. So um, maybe all three of us have uh, different definitions. You, me, and the definition. No, no. You're, you're, you are right. I am wrong. Uh, of course. Um, huh. You're surrounded by your romantic aura. You like chicken jowl daily with your team. Huh. It's like the man in black is seeing something in the gunslinger. It's like right. you, you're more powerful than you realize, kind of, right? Right. So, well, I don't okay. even know and if then, that's. And, I, I actually no, I disagree with that. I feel like that's right. sort of like basically he's saying, uh, you know, here are all of these uh, facts about history, and here are all of the mm, advances that mankind uh, progressed. Um, let's see. But the real truth, the real thing that uh, nobody believes is that the more you know, the less uh, it makes, uh, you know, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Kind of the new knowledge yields newer mysteries. More I know, the less I understand. Exactly. So greater physiological knowledge of the brain makes the existence of the soul less possible, yet more probable by the nature of the search. So it's basically saying that the more you search for a molecule of soul, the more you search for a molecule of a human soul or what part of the atom is your id or your consciousness, the more that... You won't be able to find it with the science that we have currently, but because you keep looking for it and because you keep trying to discover exactly what we are, it proves more and more that we are, that we exist. Because, the you know, just the fact that we're controlling um, the world around around us is uh, sort of... I feel like that's the, the true Co- kind of fatal flaw of humanity. Soon, right? Very true. 
I think therefore I am. Okito ergo sum. I, I think therefore I am. Mm. Like uh, who's that? Uh, I want to say Voltaire. Was, uh, Descartes. Could or be Descartes. Descartes. I think it's yeah, Descartes. I thought so. Oh my goodness. This is blowing my mind. Oh, and the other word was entropy. Entropy was removed, exactly. Oh, he removed Uh, that. He removed it. Yeah, in the new version, I mean, in the original, it says... So basically what I'm saying is that the Man in Black is sort of making fun of Roland and saying, like, you know, of course you can't grasp (laughs) existentialism and uh, advanced philosophy and thoughts of the the universe as a whole, because day to day, you just go, you're walking around with uh, seeing oracles and demons and uh, magic jawbones and whatnot, and you take it in stride. So no one, of course, you're not going to think about the greater mysteries of the universe. Huh. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, but let's see. So, not of belief, but of comprehension. Where? So, okay. So then, originally, yes, you approach the limits, not of belief, but of comprehension. In the new version, it says you uh, you've reached the limits of your ability to comprehend. So I feel like those are two different things. Like yeah. in the original, you approach the limits of not of belief, but of comprehension. So it's like you've almost gotten there, not of your ability to believe in a thing, but your inability to understand it. So, understand it, yeah. Um, whereas in the new version, it says... No comprendo. Exactly. Whereas in the new version, it just says you've reached the limits of your ability to comprehend. So it's a little it's basically kind of saying the same thing, just in more straightforward words and not he's because I feel like maybe the the belief aspect kind of is more about um, what Roland's life experience has been thus far in terms of the uh, commonplace fantastical that he deals with every day with speaking demons and whatnot. So I feel like that those kind of things are more about belief than they are about scientific understanding, sort of. And the man in black is kind of saying, Roland, you don't have the ability to understand it. Yeah, I mean, I, I am a science teacher, Kevin, mm-hmm. and uh, I've worked with a lot of scientists in my day. And um, our whole goal as people of science is to try to understand. But I think... <laughs> the more people of science that I've met, the more that are into like D and D and fantasy and stuff like that, because there's like, Oh, all we understand is that we don't understand. Exactly. And we're trying our best with the tools we have to try to understand things. But at the same time, why can't there be other universes? Why can't there be, you know, like smaller, uh, and we're going to get to that anyway, mm. <laughs> but Very yes. true. Microcosms so, and ma- macrocosms. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Right, uh, do, do you want to keep going? Or? Uh, oh, sure, oh, yeah. Oh, ent- entropy. I want to talk about entropy yes, real quick. Entropy. Reverse so, entropy. You face reverse entropy of the soul, and that whole sentence was taken out. <laughs> so that's a whole physics term that just means like the, the randomness of a system, that things will go towards randomness. But then eventually... As, as randomness happens, it will also eventually come back to order. And that's what reverse entropy is. That is things are coming that, back like, to order? If, if you know, t- 10,000 uh, monkeys are typing on typewriter, they'll eventually get Hamlet. Like, that's entropy. Like, <laughs> it's just like randomness will eventually come to order. And that's 
I, exactly. I'm Basically, upset that, I'm upset that you took that out. <laughs> well, I feel like I it thought, almost doesn't make sense, kind of, uh, because like, what is what does reverse entropy of the soul even mean? Like, is that it means that you don't understand things, and then eventually, you're you're the less you understand things, you will understand them. Like it'll. Mm. It's almost sort of like the, the, the more the things 10, 000, you let go. Uh-huh. The, the more things you let go and the fact that you, that you don't have control of a thing is when you will eventually figure out that control of everything by huh. realizing that you have control over nothing at all. I don't know. True. <laughs> no, I like uh, that. I like that. That was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Okay. I, could, I, 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 I understand what you mean. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But, like, the way you were describing it before made me think that it was just sort of the, you know, if if inf- there are infinite amount of probabilities, then there must be one option in which everything is exactly perfect, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Uh, I All mean, right. uh, it, so from the Big Bang, everything just went off into... Right. And also... <laughs> Big Bang, as far as we know, happened 16 billion years ago or something. I thought it was and, 14. Uh, uh, something like that. We don't know. Mm. <laughs> we don't know. And then what happened before that is what always makes my mind get blown. But anyway, everything got shot off into mm. the existence. And maybe what we know of the Big Bang is a person walking on a piece of sand. So True. we'll get to that. <laughs> Indeed, start uh, reading. So Let's yeah. On. So yes, but that's a. Uh, but never mind. That's beside the point. So uh, <laughs> that part was uh, added in instead of the uh, reverse entropy of the soul. Um, oh no, no no. So then he also changes uh, in. Yeah. So in the original, it said, but to the more prosaic. Uh, and he took he changed that took that out and said, but that's beside the point. What is the point then, uh, Roland Dancers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I was I was excited to get to this point. Exactly, in, in it the, is a uh, Monty Python. Get on with it. <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> yes, and and this is probably what all of our listeners are thinking right now. What is the point then? <laughs> <laughs> to make a long story short, too late. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so the next up, the the greatest mystery the universe offers is not life but size. Size encompasses life, and the tower encompasses size. The child who is most at home with wonder says, "Daddy, what's above the sky?" And the father says, "The darkness of space." The child, "What is above space?" The father, "The galaxy." The child, "Beyond the galaxy." The father, "Another galaxy." The child, beyond the other galaxies? The father, no one knows. You see, size defeats us. For the fish, the lake in which he lives is the universe. What does the fish think when he is jerked up by the mouth through the silver limits of existence and into a new universe where the air drowns him and the light is blue madness, where huge bipeds with no gills stuff it into a suffocating box and cover it with wet weeds to die? So that is a great section oh that is almost gosh. entirely unchanged, yes. and I love it. <laughs> Such a, it really is mostly unchanged, and I love it so much. Yeah. The only oh, difference that I saw in those two paragraphs is the fact that the when he says uh, the greatest mystery is not life but size, originally the S was capitalized, but in the new version, the S is lowercase. 
So it feels mm. in the original, he almost had size capitalized every time, as though that's the the true universe, uh, the true mystery of the universe is just how big or small oh. things are. Yeah, yeah, it is capitalized. Size, size is everything. Oh yeah, yeah. But oh, then in gosh. the new I version, mean, you, Kevin, do you remember thinking this as a child? Thinking uh, why. Why? 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 Exactly. Well, then, then, then why Escalating this? Why lies, that? yeah. Uh-huh. That is always the, you know, a phase that kids go through of like, well, why does this? And why does that? Because uh, I have to get money. Then, why do you have to get money? Because I have to pay for things. Why do you have to pay for things? Because other people deserve to get something for what they did. Well, why does it, Why do they deserve that? What does that mean? And then just the escalating things, yeah. And, and then as the adult, you're like, you know what? You're right, kid. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what i feel as a teacher so many times they're like why do we have to do this it's like you know what you're right like do, do you want to just chill for this period like we could do that if you want like i just want to keep you guys cool <laughs> <laughs> and so so my thing is make I, I teach science so like i science is so much fun and like exactly to me it's just like well why do you have to do this because it's cool this is just like an interesting thing to learn, you know, like we're going to make a density column and like drop stuff in and see what their density is. Like, yeah, that, that, that sounds fun to me. Exactly. It's not uh, about, so you about, know, why uh, we're never going to use this in real life. It's more about, no, but isn't it cool to know these things about the world around us? Like, it's not about, are you going to use this skill to make money or to what, or in some sort of a career sense, but it's more about just, you know, expand your mind to know what density is or how it functions and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, the, the real point is, uh, is that size is the big thing. And that Apparently. is... According to the Unfathom- man of black. Unfathomable, I think, is the word I- I'm going to use. True. Ma- macrocosm <laughs> and microcosm, like, uh, yeah. Basically. Yeah, microcosms, too. Like, oh, dang it. That was the thing I was going to look up, Kevin. Um, Subatomic particles? really cool thing. Well, that, too. Because mm. we're going to get tachyons in a minute. But uh, um, there's this really cool thing. Look it up right now, if okay. you get a second. Um it's it's called the 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 scale of the universe and it's like a, a slidable thing and you can slide it from like humans to all the way up to the known universe but then all the way down to the things that we are still understanding like quarks and stuff you know nice yeah i'm looking at it right now starts off with basketball ruler teapot hailstone and you zoom out, you've got human, uh, dodo bird, beach ball, and we've got dinosaur, uh, oak tree, blue whale, the average house. So zoom out even further, we've got Statue of Liberty, Redwoods. But yes, it's, it is, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And then all of a sudden you get to like Mars, Jupiter, and like, and then it goes beyond that into like galaxies and stuff and like the Milky Way. And that's like true. It is oh, interesting it seeing makes you feel very small. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting seeing moons and whatnot in the scale of like this is the size of California. This is the size of Asia. Uh, apparently, Mars <laughs> and Asia are comparable in size. Uh, huh. How about that? Let's see. Then we get to stars and whatnot further out, further out. Total human height. What the hell does that mean? Uh, is that you the... put all the humans on top of each other on Earth? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Which that would be a, a very <laughs> un- unsustainable tower. 
Yes. Certainly. Which we're going to get to, a tower. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you Dude. up to now? Are you now still I'm, up going? To, I'm up to Nebulae. Uh, I'm going pretty slowly so I can kind of see everything in, in the scale. But now I'm at Hourglass Nebula. And then, let's see, the Oort Cloud is about the size of the Boomerang Nebula. Uh, let's see, Eskimo Nebula. Oh, I do love that one. I used to have that as the, the background on my Zune. <laughs> Uh, yes, like the horse nebula he, he mentions here. Yes, right? it's true. Yes, let's get back into. Uh, I'm getting distracted, but uh, in any case. <laughs> well, but just so you know, Kevin, if you slide that bar to the right, you get small stuff. Correct. <laughs> and that's kind of interesting too. True. <laughs> Zooming in, down, 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 down. Ants, uh, chromosomes, oh, yeah, viruses. For the fish, the, the poor fish. Every time we, we go fishing. Oh, Kevin, this is what I want to mention. There's a a, um, a typo in my book. Oh, where? <laughs> and I wonder if it's in yours. Probably not, because it's a silly typo. Right. Um, da 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 la la la. I don't think air drowns them, and light is blue madness. Light and light is blue madness. And so in mine, <laughs> instead, we're, where it should say, we're huge bipeds with no gills, blah, blah, blah. It says we're hue bipeds. Oh, H-U-G-H. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have that. Mine Wait. says H-U-G-E. Let me see. I don't know if you can uh, read it. Oh, yeah. It says H-U-G-H in your copy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, who's hue? But it's lowercase u. I was like, that is a typo, and that's awesome. <laughs> I love finding, like, random typos in books. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hue bipeds. I was like, oh, is that, like, a different, like, these are, like, t- two-legged people? No, huge. The, the, the word is huge. It's supposed to be huge. Hue bipeds. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch <laughs> of hues walking around. Oh, my friend. Have you, do you know anybody named Hugh? I, uh, I do. Heard. I worked. With, I work with a guy named Hugh. Yeah. There you go. I was, I was trying to think. I was like, I don't think I've ever met a Hugh. Anyway, it's so weird. On. It's so weird going to the tiniest scale because, like, bottom quarks <laughs> are way bigger than top quarks. I would not have thought that. I would figure top quarks would be bigger. Uh, yeah, it gets down to like uh, there's like a planar level or something or uh, quantum oh, foam. I forget. Yeah. Yeah, down to quantum uh, that, foam that we know of. Plank length, we know uh, the string. Plank, and plank length string. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. String quantum theory. physics, man. That's quantum that's, physics. And that's what this is really about going on. Uh, <clears throat> or one might so, take yes. the point of a pencil and magnify it. One reaches the point where a stunning realization strikes home. The pencil point is not solid. It is composed of atoms which whirl and revolve like I'm a trillion demon planets. What seems solid to us is actually only a loose net held together by gravitation. Shrunk to the correct size, the distances between these atoms might become leagues, gulfs, eons. The atoms themselves are composed of nuclei and revolving protons and electrons. One may step down further to subatomic particles. And then to what? Tachyons? Nothing? Of course not. Everything in the universe denies nothing. To suggest conclusions to things is one impossibility. Ugh. Ugh, my brain hurts. 
I know. (laughs) Now, you're right. Now we're into the microcosm part of it, because this is the part that absolutely grabbed my imagination when (laughs) the first time that I read it. Uh, Like, you know, galaxies and uh, supernova and uh, macrocosm stuff. I'm like, yeah, sure, that's out there, whatever. But microcosm, the idea that as you get smaller and smaller and smaller into, like, the atoms of your finger, the, the distances between the atoms that make you up are immense, so that there is so much, like, dead space between yourself Ugh. Ugh. I like, think I talked about this in, in the last episode that it, like the distance between home plate and the first electron uh, mm-hmm. for hydrogen would be like out of the baseball stadium like it would just be and, and that's just to the first electron and then the orbitals beyond that are even bigger Ugh. Ugh. everything is too small and too big at the same time. <laughs> so I just found this thing, the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall, 90 yotta meters. The Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall is the largest known structure in the universe, made up of galaxies and is called a galactic filament. We are not it. We are not in it. Uh, in fact, it lies about 10 billion light years away from us. So. Okay. What's- yeah, so. <laughs> basically like because it's the uh, it's this in like <sighs> the largest known structure in the universe it is called the gal- a galactic filament and we are not in it it lies 10 billion light years away from us so it's just like it, I guess it's like some sort of a curtain of galaxies that is like one singular structure that we've seen that is all connected together how do we know about this from Hubble or James? Webb? Uh, I assume one of the two gotta be. Oh, well, that's the, the other thing is that we only know what we've been able to find out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When I'm going to the, the far upper limits of this, uh, map, uh, of the scale of the universe thing, and it's just got static on the outside of the known universe. Cause we don't know. <laughs> But yes, so uh, I was going to say, you- after after I read this the first time in, I think I want to say seventh grade, because this is when my behavior started to shift, uh, I started like <laughs> staring at like the edges of like pencils or the edges of like my fingernails or looking at like in extreme close up on my glasses. And because I am extremely uh, nearsighted, so... Uh, you know, in some ways, distance is very blurry to me. But in other ways, as I look at something extremely close up, it's almost like I've got like magnus, magnus, uh, magnifying glass vision. So I can be like looking at something really, really close up, and like I'm just like imagining like lower and lower into the thing, and imagining myself as like a tiny, like the size of like a microscopic flea or something. <laughs> as I'm walking along, know, with my I, glasses. I, I, I do the same thing, Kevin. I don't wear yeah. glasses, but I do literally the exact same thing. Hmm. Um, I, I look at things, and then I try to look, and then I look closer. That's why I liked um, landscaping the past couple of years, like working in the dirt and stuff, and like mm-hmm. just trying to get down and be like, oh, what's, what's happening here? And then what's happening here? Um, I was talking about soil the other day with my students, and uh, one tablespoon of soil has more microorganisms than there are humans on the planet. Wow. And just, that's it. yeah. And it's amazing, you know, like, and that's why it's so important to, like, keep the soil 
fresh and living. And we were exactly. talking about the Dust Bowl and stuff, too. I was like, oh, well, that sucked. And, like, yeah. we're trying to be better now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got to plant our crops more carefully. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, anyway, you've given me this toy to look at, so I have to close it down before I get distracted again. Uh, <laughs> it is a fun little... Uh, <laughs> just I, I, I like, use it in yeah, class the all the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the, the scale of the universe. It's fun. <laughs> but in any case, so, um, yeah, one of my seventh grade teacher well, actually well, pointed me just, out one time staring intently at my pens. Uh, <laughs> but this is what I wanted to say about the scale of the universe is what we're about to get to right now is when you right. move it all the way to the left. It, what does it say? Um, move it all the way to the left. You've got uh, plank lengths and... Um, no, that's the right. I'm talking about and- all the way to the left, the big boys. Uh, I, I think what it says is end of the known universe or yes, something. Yes, it does. <laughs> something silly like that. And that's where it gets to On the next line, it says, if you fell outward to the limit of the universe, would you find a board fence and signs reading dead end? No. You might find something hard and rounded as the chick might see the egg from the inside. And if you just peck through that shell, what great and torrential light might shine through your hole at the end of space? Might you look through and discover our entire universe is but part of one atom on a blade of grass? Might you be forced to think that by burning a twig, you incinerate an eternity of eternities. That existence rises not to one infinite, but to an infinity of them to an infinity of them oh my gosh oh kevin it hurts me mm. um but yeah and then in the next section we probably shouldn't read every single paragraph true um, i mean this, that's the problem with this section is that there is so much like <laughs> wisdom and basically he's trying to blow his mind my point is the man in black is doing his best in talking about all of these different things to kind of either a kind of shake Roland off the case like saying that Allah, if you can't handle all this you're not gonna you're never going to be able to complete your quest to the tower or b he's trying to prepare him for like the things that he's going to so, have to encounter on his way that's my question is, is he trying to like recruit him or trying to shake him off the the, the trail like that's it's, what i'm <laughs> it's all a certain point like, of view my friend certain point of view is is the man in black actually going to be his uh, uh, mentor, perhaps, mm. in, in this whole... Or is, is he the nemesis? Because I always thought it was the nemesis, but maybe he's, he's the mentor. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe sometimes yeah. we need foils to make us better. That's true. Mm. But they could be one and the same, Just, but uh, it all depends on your point of view. Oh. But, yeah, so... I, yeah, definitely all of that. Um, so let's go back to a couple of changes in here. Um, let's see. First, um, going back to uh, the pencil tip. Uh, it originally, it was if you would take the point of a pencil and magnify it. And new version, it said if you were to... Mm, uh, one or one might take the tip of a pencil and magnify it. So kind of saying the same thing two different ways. Uh and then pencils used to be made of lead that was messed up true now 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 they're graphite so that's better true does he say lead <laughs> i no no i'm just talking about pencils oh, in general gotcha okay i was like oh because maybe in roland's world they did use actual lead in pencils who knows uh 
but <laughs> no, not that I see. But then um, I'm wondering what what year they they changed from lead to graphite. True, don't know. <laughs> it doesn't so, matter. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, trillion demon planets is just a fun little phrase. Um, then we've got. What is it? Held together by gravity. Held together by... Actually, a loose net held together by gravitation. In the original, it says. The new version said gravity. Then, Mm. in the original, it says shrunk to the correct size. In the new version, it says viewed at their actual size. Uh, Just kind of... Rewording, same thing. Su- to suggest a to suggest conclusions to things is one impossibility. And the new version it says to suggest an ending is the one absurdity. So, yeah, kind of different ways of saying the same thing. But then, ooh, added in: if you were to peck through the shell or find a door, what great and torrential light might shine through? You are opening at the end of space, whereas the original just said, if you were to peck through the shell, what great interential light might shine through your hole at the end of space. So definitely prefer the use of opening, just holes got a connotation. I don't know. Uh, and then... So um, what that made me think of, Kevin, yeah. right away is uh, the Truman Show. Yes, Ever? I can see that. Watching that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where he Kevin comes to like, the outside this- wall. Yeah. It's like, what's next? Uh, you know, <laughs> I've lived in this like bubble my whole life, and mm-hmm. where the world revolved around great, me. There's a great big world out there. Exactly. I feel like that that movie has so many philosophical implications that there's the assumption within everybody's individual self that the world, in some senses, revolves around you because you're the only one experiencing your point of view of the world. So there's uh, mm-hmm. so many like thoughts about that of like maybe uh, I'll find some someday that the world that I thought revolved around me, like I'll come to the outer edges of things of you know some. Also, I feel like there's uh, definitely different types of paranoia that are very much so that like everybody's well, talking that's, about. That's me. another way to look yeah. at it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 either like this exploration of like, or it's like, oh my gosh, I want to stay in my bubble and like I, I I'm nervous about the world out there. Mm. I was the only one of us to move away from New Jersey, and I was like, uh, Lauren lives in Philadelphia. To, that's true, but. I went far. True. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's, life is the same out here as it is there. It's the true. Part. Uh, just, all it doesn't over the get world, as hot people... or as cold. I live Very in the Goldilocks true. zone. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel like the the rain would get to me. That's eh, not that bad. Yeah, true. I'm going to go out and uh, weed my garden after this because yes. I can't wait to plant. Summer true. I've never been a Seattle. I've never been a gardening person. Like, Paul uh, will talk a lot about, uh, you know, buying plants and, he, you know, uh. From, uh, getting annoyed if the, the it's snowing too late in the season or something, or if it get war- gets warm too early and then there's going to be a snow li- fall later, it's going to kill them all and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a gardener. Uh, it's never been my thing. <laughs> I guess to me, um, I guess that's why I'm a teacher, too. It's like I, I like to watch things grow, you know? Whether they be plants or uh, my students, I, <laughs> I, li- I like to see growth. Nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. Where we but at? yeah, so moving on. Why don't you then... read? Sure. 
so basically, I just want to point out the uh, if you were to peck through the uh, through the shell or find a door, what might and great and torrential light might shine through. So the addition of the word door might be something to put in the back of your mind. Uh, so, the Truman Show? Yeah, that's probably uh, what I was thinking. <laughs> the door. <laughs> when so, I read the new one. Yeah. yeah. So next up it says, Perhaps you saw what place our universe pl- plays in the scheme of things, as no more than an atom in a gri- blade of grass. Could it be that everything that we perceive from the microscopic virus to the distant horsehead nebula is contained in one blade of grass? That may have existed for only a single season in an alien time flow. What if that blade should be cut off by a scythe? When it begins to die, would the rot seep into our own universe and our own lives, turning everything yellow and brown and desiccated? Perhaps it's already begun to happen. We say that the world has moved on. Perhaps what we really mean... No, no. Maybe what we really mean is that it has begun to dry up. Think about such a concept of the things makes us, Gunslinger. If a god watches over it all, does he actually mete out justice for a race of ant, a race of gnats among a mul- an infinitude of races of gnats? Does his eye see the sparrow fall when the sparrow is less than a speck of hydrogen floating disconnected at the depth of space? And if he does see, what must the nature of such a god be? How does he live? Is it possible to live beyond infinity? Or no, how oh. is it possible? How is it possible to live in beyond infinity? So that also another mind blowing uh, set of concepts. Just well, saying, well, it's almost like anger, anger at the, the 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 person that's beyond the infinite. It's like yeah. how, how can you live with yourself if you allow this to happen? Oh my gosh! And um, huh. I want to just double check here, but yes, those two entire paragraphs. Uh, wait, no. Um, so the whole thing from almost exactly the same, same. uh, the only changes in that whole section are, uh, originally it was as an atom in a blade of grass. So the new version, it says as no more than an atom in a blade of grass, potato, potato, who cares? Okay. Second one. Kevin. Yes. Real quick. Before you get on to the next one from blade of grass, um, I would like you to look up, uh, blade of grass under a microscope. Sure. <laughs> because it's pretty amazing uh, because it looks like a bunch of smiley faces. I have seen that. <laughs> that is cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. So Indeed. if that's if that's what we're talking about, then cool. We're, we're living in the sm- smiley face nebula. The smiley oh, face universe. Horsehead, yeah. Horsehead nebula. Horsehead nebula. That's what he's there talking about. That's probably what. Mr. King was talking about is that if you look at a blade of grass under a microscope, it looks like the Horsehead Nebula. Horsehead Nebula, let's see. Uh, there are similarities to be seen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> or perhaps I'm reading too far into it, as we always no, do. No, I could see it. I could see it. Because <laughs> I feel like the way that you would... Uh, huh, there Because there are little divots in the, you know, the shinier parts of it that I'm seeing... Uh, it could be described as smiley faces, but just basically like, you know, from the two ideas of scale, imagine the one is the scale of the other. So it is fascinating. Exactly. I, I, I have a feeling that, um, Stephen King with his friends at the university of Maine just looked at something under a microscope and was like, that looks just like this. Mm. And then it made him think of this whole section to write about like like under the microscopic scale, it actually looks the same as the macroscopic scale of uh, the nebula. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, so what was the second change, Kevin? Second change we got is just uh, a... Um, where was I? There's no more than... Uh, okay, so... Okay, so he changed uh, from the microscopic virus. Uh, well, originally it was from the infinitesimal virus and changed that to the microscopic virus. And then... Oh, all right. Yeah. I like the word infinitesimal. Yeah. So, and then in the original it says, is contained in one blade of grass, dot, 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 a blade that may have may have existed for only a day or two in an alien time flow. And then in the new version it just says, in one blade of, blade of grass that may have existed for only a single season in an alien time flow. So... Kind of, he takes out the blade of grass, dot, 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 a blade of grass, that, so, and then instead it's just a blade of grass, that, so, he took out a little bit of the melodramatic, uh, kind of phrasing of it. Uh, <laughs> just the, the, the exclamation points? Exactly. You're saying? Yeah, <laughs> Implied yeah. exclamation points with the ellipsis, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and then it, he changed... Is dead end, uh, just going back a second, uh, is dead end all capitals in your... Dead end is all caps in both versions, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to double check that one. True, that is an interesting point that he kept it uh, all caps, just dead end. Because I feel like oh, yeah. he, I feel like Stephen King definitely had a very specific like idea of uh, a dead end sign on the edge of the universe. Well, that's what I'm realizing about how he writes. It's not just like the words; it's the uh, punctuations and capitalizations that mm-hmm. matter. You know, yeah. so and not only that, I but mean, he, all in writers, doing, of course, yeah. oh yeah, and in doing so, he uh, causes you to imagine a very specific thing, and he's very like good at uh, describing things, so that you're. It's the specificity is definitely the byword of Stephen King's writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go, specificity. Yeah. By the way, I, I have to mow my lawn. <laughs> I feel really terrible about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. We never know. That. I, I almost want to just leave it. Mm. <laughs> I'm destroying worlds. That's every time you're weeding your... <laughs> your every time you weed your property, uh, you are destroying a, an entire universe of galaxies. But it's you are destroying an ecosystem. Like, exactly is what happens. Like, oh my and by not and by not thinking yeah. about this is what causes caused the industrial revolution. And now we've gone full circle. Ugh. Okay, size, gunslinger size. Or, or, size. Oh, no, no, they, they actually mentioned the Mohane Desert in the original. Uh, wait, hang on. So, I went too you're fast. right, yes, no, the, that part has yeah. changed. Um, oh, no, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, so, I was going to say, uh, in the original it says, uh, you know, it may have existed for a day or two. In the new version, it may have only existed for a single season. And yada yada. So no, Grass, actually, yeah, yeah. no. Why don't you start from there? The that part about the Mohane Desert. Yeah. Imagine the sand of the Mohane Desert, which you crossed to find me, and imagine a trillion universes—not worlds, but universes—encapsulated in each grand of that. Sorry, in each grain of that desert, and when within each universe, an infinity of others. We tower over these universes from our pitiful grass vantage point. With one swing of your boot, you may knock a billion, billion worlds flying off into darkness in a chain never to be completed. Sighs, gunslinger. Sighs. Yet suppose further, suppose that all worlds, all universes met in a single nexus, a single pylon, a tower. 
a stairway, perhaps to the Godhead itself. Would you dare, Gunslinger? Could it be that somewhere above all of endless reality there exists a room? You dare not. You dare not. Mm. Oh my gosh. Is, I want- <laughs> so, yeah, the first half of that unchanged every single thing from Imagine the Sand up until Size Gunslinger Size. That whole thing is exactly as is. I love it because it's so mm. perfectly stated. that, And I love that he just left that exactly... Uh, as it was. Oh, the other the, the other one it was making me thinking of um, uh, is Men in Black. Yes, you know exactly. He has the galaxy on his uh, belt. On Orion's belt, yeah. Ryan's belt, yeah. And, and like, th- that was like, oh, everything is actually smaller than we think, you know? Mm. And we're big, but then there's bigger and there's smaller. Oh. Exactly. Infinite scale goes in both directions, always. <laughs> so not only may we be uh, in t- tiny, but that implies that something else is even more enormous, and then there's an even more enormous thing on top of that, or oh. maybe that we're enormous. We're enormous, and there's teeny tiny things, and then teeny tiny things within the teeny tiny things. <laughs> Kevin, are you feeling a bit anxious from this uh, section? No, I love it. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I've seen uh, so many people who get anxious <laughs> about the scale of the universe and how you're the size of a microscopic speck or and you're the size of a gigantic colossal universe sized thing to something in the size of a blade of, blade of grass. So mm-hmm. it's just fascinating seeing the way that, you know, infinite scale works in both directions. It's, wow, yeah. Mind blown. I don't know. I don't know if I talked to you about a square inch of cells on, on your hand. And just like thinking about all this, the, um, the there's 10,000 cells in, oh, that might be wrong. I think that was the number. But anyway, um, the point is, is that there's all these little cells working together, all doing uh, cellular respiration, all taking, um, you know, uh, the food that you've taken in and, and breaking it down and, and, and getting rid of uh, waste and stuff and all in just that one little square inch of cells, mm. you know, and that's happening all over your body everywhere. Exactly. That, that we're, we're just a conglomeration of all these things working together. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, was anyway. there a change there to exist a uh, room? You dare not. So in, as, in the next part, it comes up, it says, uh, within a stairway, perhaps rising to the Godhead itself, would you dare climb to the top, Gunslinger? Uh, could it be that somewhere above yada yada, there exists a room? You dare not. And in the Gunslinger's mind, those words echoed, you dare not. You dare not. So he adds in, would you dare climb to the top? Uh, whereas in the original it just says would you dare uh, could it be uh, somewhere above it all there exists a room so I feel like the climb to the top I don't know I feel like that's kind of implied like uh, there's a stairway would you dare uh, above it exists a room there's a stairway would you dare climb to the top above it exists a room Uh, I mean maybe the would you dare uh, and then would you dare climb it Uh, it's uh, he's, he's daring him true to do this he's, he's put, like yeah i bet i bet you won't do this uh, he's, we'll see he is, is putting he speaking, ideas okay. 
Yeah, he's we, putting we, ideas in ahead. Roland's head. Is is what I'm saying? Is that That's he knows he knows Roland is incredibly powerful, and he knows that Roland is from this like line that goes all the way back to King Arthur, and he is a like um basically kind of trying to get Roland to think about these things and like. So is the man in black supposed to be Merlin? Like, is that what's happening or? Okay. I don't, uh, you don't know, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, we we don't I'll know talk, yet. We'll talk about it leaders. later. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. So um, he adds in "climb to the top," and then he adds in "and in the gunslinger's mind." Those words echoed in the original. It just says, "You dare not," and then italicized, "You dare not." So <laughs> I, I do imagine to, it whispered. Okay. The, yeah, I did whisper it. Um, so. I haven't been reading. I've, I've been reading this in my voice the whole time instead of the man in black's voice because it's been so exciting. True. Um, but I feel like he'd be more like, more like condescending. Yes, <laughs> in the exactly. way you dare not. You dare not. You like, dare like, not. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. but then, someone has dared. What? What? So that's okay. the end of section five. That's the end of section five. Indeed. Section six is a quick one. It's like two paragraphs. Super quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Someone has dared, the gunslinger said. Who would that be? God, the gunslinger said softly. His eyes gleamed. God has dared. Or is the room empty, seer? I don't know. Fear passed over the man in black's bland face, as soft and dark as a buzzard's wing. Furthermore, I don't ask. It might be unwise. Afraid of being struck dead? The gunslinger asked sardonically. Perhaps afraid of an accounting, the man in black replied, and there was silence for a while. The night was very long. The Milky Way sprawled above them in great splendor, yet terrifying in its emptiness. The gunslinger wondered what he would feel if that inky sky should split open and let in a torrent of light. The fire said i'm cold <laughs> so <laughs> that's the end of six that's the end of six. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. And Wait, then, that in, in in the olds so in the old. yeah i like so, the changes in the new version <laughs> we do have some changes that are i feel like really good so after so god has dared or the king you spoke of or or is the room empty uh, so basically he adds into like, he's saying, so going back to biblical, uh, allusions and references, my God, the absolute main mm-hmm. character of the Bible, God. Uh, so yeah. now we go to, which, which we always think is like the, the, it's like, well, who's above that guy? You know, why, why is he the, the, the main person that that's what always confused me as a kid. Yeah, you know, going so like Catholic school and stuff. <laughs> it's so interesting because I feel like even more so above like who's above God or whatever. Because I never actually that thought never really occurred to me. I was always like, well, if there's a guy above a guy above a guy, there's always got to be one last guy. Like, it can't uh, or, just or, be or a woman. Or a woman, true. <laughs> yeah, right. You I was know, using guy in the gender neutral sense. Uh, that that but, was my favorite part of uh, Dogma. It was that Atlantis Morris that was God. I was like, that's true. cool as hell. <laughs> yes, agreed. I do love that uh, they've uh, established this canon that in the Viewisk universe, uh, God is a woman. Uh, and then in all of the movies after Dogma, whenever Jay refers to God, he says herself. 
because Jay knows that God's a woman. Uh, it, like, you know, Jane's so Silent Bob Strike Back, he, uh, he says it a few times. Uh, but, yeah. He's seen her. He's seen her, yeah. I think she gave him a hug or something. Yeah. But, uh, well, th- that was very um, Gimli and Galadriel. Yes, exactly. That's, that's Gimli what and Galadriel, yeah. <laughs> That's Silent one, Bob is like the, Silent Bob is uh, Samwise Gamgee. Mm. I don't know. Well, anyway, but back to Gimli and Galadriel. That's like <laughs> one of the cutest parts of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Is that like he's so enamored with this elf that he completely changes his ways and like he can't even like if you read that book like the whole way through. Like every once in a while, he comes back to like. Oh, and and the Lady Galadriel did this, and like and like you can like feel like he is in love with this this elf. Way to go! <laughs> you know, it's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like it when they can. Uh, I don't know. We got off topic. Um, no, I agree. But, I like yeah. it. I, I'm all, all, J- on board Jay with is all in that. love yeah. with God. <laughs> it yeah. seems. Uh, or Alanis Morissette. I don't know. True. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. But in any case, so. Uh, he adds in the king you spoke of to that uh, basically it's either God is full positive uh, this crimson king is full negative or empty that is I feel feel like full chaotic like full hopeless almost as far as like good evil and just hopeless apathy of of chaos yeah the crimson king you just mentioned that I did he didn't in this section. He didn't. Right? He didn't say it in this section, but he said the king you spoke of. Oh, okay. King you spoke of. Hmm. And uh, that was the one that Sylvia Pittston was uh, impregnated the one- with the child of exactly. The king? Yeah, Crimson King. Okay. I'm. I'm just trying to. This is someone we haven't met yet. True. Someone we haven't met yet who she referred to the Crimson King as being higher than uh, the Man in Black. And the Man in Black has also referred to himself as being, you know, led by some sort of a king uh, and mentioned the color red. Mm. So you could kind of... Right, so like the devil. Uh, it's a little bit of devil imagery. Yeah, no, there, it's yeah, devil without I saying mean, the word the devil. Yeah. The Crimson King yeah. is based. Yeah. The, there's a red bad guy, basically. <laughs> they all have a different uh, name for, uh, you know, Lucifer yeah. and all and anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was True. an angel, right? Yes. Yeah. In the books that have been written. So, Well, in Paradise what? Lost, uh, Lucifer was an angel. Uh, I think okay, I'm so pretty not, sure. Not in the Bible. Not that that is not from the Bible. I'm pretty sure that's from that's oh, all from Paradise Lost. Indeed, that was. Oh. Uh, what's uh, his name? That's Aldous Huxley. No, or no, no. no Paradise uh, Lost is Aldous Huxley. John Milton. That's it, John Milton. Yeah. Another one, epic poem. All bringing it full circle. How how many pages is that poem? Like, uh, yeah, why is that a poem and not a prose? Because it is actually written in meter. The whole I way? think it's written, the whole thing is written in meter. Uh, I have it, okay. but I still haven't read it. I do need to. <laughs> um, wait, Paradise Lost. Okay, that's not Dante's Inferno because that's Dante's Inferno. Correct. Um, True. Paradise Lost and Dante's Inferno basically. Well, yes, exactly. They established what most people assume is religious dogma in what was published in, you know, uh, let's see. Paradise Lost was 1667. When was Dante's Inferno? 
Uh, earlier? I'm going to say earlier. Like, uh, BC? No, Dante's <laughs> Inferno BC. was... Uh, la, la, la. For, it just says 14th century. When was it published? Just give me the year. Nobody uh, knows. <laughs> wait, no way. Uh, oh, well, 14th century. We don't know the exact year, I guess. Or at least maybe Wikipedia doesn't. But oh, before no. uh, Brave New World. Oh, uh, see, that's before the thing. Paradise Lost. Uh, it was published in multiple uh, books and uh, sections. So the first one was, uh, let's see, it was, uh, it says, begun in 1308 and completed around 1321, shortly before the author's death. It was widely considered the preeminent when? work of Italian literature and one of the greatest works of world literature. Huh. Yeah, I should probably read that one. Um when was the printing press made? I thought that was like... 1400, I want to say? Uh, so so the reason why it was published then is because that's when the printing press was made. It might have been written before then. I don't know. Uh, so the Gutenberg Bible, the earliest major book printed using mass-produced movable type, was the start of the Gutenberg Revolution, the age of the printed book, was made printed in the 1450s. So Dante's Inferno was be- was before the printing press. There you go. Uh, well, the Bible, the Divine Comedy. <laughs> yes, yeah. the Bible in general was oh, that, written. Oh that, that's right. It's the Divine Comedy is the whole thing. Yeah. Divine Comedy I mean, is Dante's Inferno is just one part of it. Exactly. I think right? the Inferno is the first part of it. Yeah. Inferno, Purgatorio, Paradiso. Right. Which I'm sure Stephen King is referencing a little bit. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about in this and, part. And probably Paradise Lost as well, you know. Exactly. Um, so later on, it says, uh, furthermore, I don't ask, it might be unwise. Afraid of being struck dead. Uh, so he took out all of the parts where it says the gunslinger asked sardonically. And then later on, uh, it said the man in black... Uh, well, I think he said sardonically earlier in the. Uh, he see, he seems to be removing his swifties as as you exactly. said before. Exactly. Yeah. Replied sardonically. He takes out, and then the man in black replied, and there was silence for a while. He changes it to the man in black was silent for a while, which I feel like that I love because it's so much more neatly put. Rather than saying perhaps afraid of an accounting, the man in black uh, replied. There was silence for a while and changed it to perhaps afraid of an accounting. The Man in Black was silent for a while. Yeah, so much more efficiently put. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, this guy has talked for a long time about exactly. things that have blown my freaking mind. And he's like, I'm cold. I just need a fire. And then yeah. what's the other change? Uh Oh, wait, actually, so he the ellipsis in perhaps afraid of an accounting. So in the new in the old version, it was just perhaps afraid of an accounting. New version is perhaps afraid of an accounting. So there it's more of a melodramatic change. Uh, oh, yeah, that is. I noticed that ellipsis. Yeah. And then well, pu- uh, well punctuated, Stephen. Indeed. The punctuation matters because it changes how your uh-huh. brain reads it. Um, uh-huh. So then perhaps afraid of. And accounting. Mm, exactly. Is it a question? No, no, it's period. Yeah. Perhaps afraid of an accounting. Mm. 
So, and then... Uh, okay, wait, 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 can I, can I talk about that song yeah, for ahead. a second? Sure. So, um, Roland has made mistakes in his past, and the, it's being, like, being held accountable for what you've done. Right. So, is that what's going on? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and that's the man in black saying that, right? Perhaps exactly. The man in black is afraid of is. Yeah, exactly. Because he's done he terrible things in his life. He's yeah. Done. Oh yeah, he has been a force of evil. Like there is the man in no black even, or Roland. The man in black. I'm saying the man in black knows what he himself has done. We know his name at this point. No. Uh yeah, it Walter yeah, said Walter. Yeah. Yeah, Walter Odim. Uh-huh. It was said earlier when he uh, okay. Just faster than saying the man in black. When you say Walter, right? I, I that's the one of the main things that I disagree with in this change is that <laughs> he reveals the name Walter in like <laughs> in Tull. So we've got the entire book of knowing the name of the man in black. I love that in the original he was yeah. just the man in black. That was his entire title, and. That is something that... that oh, was, yeah. It was a reveal. It was a gutter reveal. Exactly. Ooh, what a twist. <laughs> exactly. What a twist. Uh, but <laughs> I love that in the original, that for very long of the book, he's the gunslinger, and you don't find out his actual name until a flashback, I'm pretty sure. Like, he doesn't yeah. say, my name is Roland to Jake for the first time or something. Uh, I think it's to Ali is the first time. Uh, he says it to Ali? Oh, maybe yeah, that's I it. I think so. Oh, I thought it was way later. I thought it was in uh, the um, the first flashback with uh, Cuthbert and, the, and David the Eagle. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe not. Uh, I, I, now I'm getting confused between the new and the old. Exactly. <laughs> uh, hang on. But I've been confused the whole time, so that's fine. Right. <laughs> I'm living in a land of confusion, as Billy Joel said. Is that one of his songs? <laughs> According to Kindle, my Kindle, which I am looking at the uh, the new version, in my Kindle, uh, the it says that the first time the word Roland is said in this book is when Ali says, kill me, when yes. she has been driven insane kill by the knowledge Roland. of what happens after you die. Uh, she asks him to yes. kill her. And that is an addition, a completely different thing. In the oh, original so, version... So Exactly. In the original version, uh, I want to say that she does not say Roland. In the original version, she does not say Roland there. She just, she is being, um, he's got me. Oh, Jesus, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't, don't, don't. And there you go. There is the, as what I keep referring to as the Roland shot first moment. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, Han Solo, yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, she's in, Greedo. Exactly. In the original version, she's saying, no, please don't kill me. In the new version, she's saying, kill me. He drove me insane with his knowledge of the word oh, 19. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is a massive change. Oh, we're, we're going back. That we're was, going back. <laughs> we, that was a Ke- uh, Kevin and Nick flashback. <laughs> that was a flashback. But the thing is, I feel like that is also true here of the fact that 
he gives away the Man in Black's name so early that he becomes more of a person and he becomes less of a force yeah. of evil. Uh, so I feel like those two major changes between the original and the 2003 version are the things that I do not forgive Stephen King of doing. That I feel like I mm-hmm. want that kind of mystery of just the Man in Black until the very end of the book when you find out his name and you realize that it doesn't matter. And you real and but whereas in the in the new version you find out his name early on, so there isn't that mystery driving you forward throughout the entire book of wondering what right, his name right. is and wondering who the man in black is. Is he Martin? Is he somebody else? Is he uh, maybe he's Court? Maybe Court went bad. Like I feel like because in the original version, since you don't know his name for throughout the whole book, I was kind of wondering like maybe, maybe uh, that was like one of the mm-hmm. thoughts that I had the first time that I was reading it that like maybe court went bad and that's why Roland has to track him down and bring him back to justice Uh, but no you find out in the new version he's some guy named Walter from the beginning of the book and I'm like oh well that whole mystery and that whole thought process is now moot so 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 being me though first time reading this and there's seven books I'm like this is going to go somewhere like there's exactly and it does and I, I, I feel like this whole end of the book is like like a, a a trailer <laughs> sort of like exactly. going forward this is what mm. we're looking for and um we're, we're not actually going to tie up any loose ends right now we're just presenting them by the next by the next book this is like a serial you know and this is why i like star wars and this is why i like you know uh, those those old kurosawa films and stuff exactly you know like that's what it was all about it was just like Tune in next week and see what happens to Batman or whatever, you know? Well, Kurosawa wasn't so much about serialized uh, release. That was more uh, Flash Gordon and Buck oh, Rogers. You, oh, uh, that's what I'm thinking of. More Buck Rogers. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Anyway. Mm, true. Kurosawa was more <sighs> the th- themes and storylines of, like, the hidden princess and the two bumbling uh, comic relief characters who are just wandering from major yeah. plot events to major the, the plot hidden event. Hidden Fortress? Hidden Fortress, exactly. That was it, yeah. yeah. With the right. uh, the old general who's going to protect the princess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seven Samurai uh, is more um, about, like, establishing the lore of samurai as uh, uh, became what the Jedi were based on, of the, yeah, just, you know, the wise monks who had their swords that could slash out and uh, defend the innocent. And mm-hmm. meditated. Which I thought at first the gunslingers were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more they're, I found out, I was like, wait, these guys suck. It sounds it's like not they're that they like, suck, it's that they're more... They're the Empire. They're the stormtroopers, it seems uh, to me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to pin down a gunslinger Jedi comparison because I feel like gunslingers are much more in relation to... Uh, medieval knights, knights exactly. Yeah, Whereas I, got you, I feel I like got Jedi you. are much more related to samurai. So I feel like because gunslingers are much more knights and much more about courtliness. What's the difference and between high, a knight and a samurai? I feel like knights are much more about class and much more about sort of uh, stratification of society, whereas samurai are in some respect. I mean, nobody does uh, stratification of society like the Japanese, but I feel like the um, the samurai were much more about being aids to power, whereas I feel like the 
knights were much more about kind of uh, like they were the power themselves in some ways. Like a knight could become a king. Anyway, anyway. Um, wait, Kevin, there was another change there right at the very end. Didn't we get to that yet or no? Yes, and there was another change right at the end. Kevin, there was uh, another change there at the very end. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, so uh, right at the end, right after the Man of Black was silent after a while, uh, uh, yada yada, uh, uh, in the original it said, yet terrifying in its emptiness. And the new version it said, yet terrifying in the emptiness between its burning lamps. So it's a little bit more of a fanciful description of the stars. Oh. Uh, and then at the very uh, end... I, I thought it was, wait, in a torrent of... Oh, oh, I see. I see where you are. It, it's burning yeah. lamps. Um, I, I did want to talk about the Milky Way for a second. Like, Go for uh, it. Our galaxy. You've been in a place where, where you stare at the stars and, and you're like, oh, that's the Milky Way, like this thing. But we're in the Milky Way. Exactly. So Basically, we are, we are a microscopic organism looking at the side of a long, like, let's, let's go back to it, the blade of grass. We're looking at the blade of grass and, yeah. as it uh, like goes ac- across from us vertically. And we are stuck to the side of it. And you know, at some point, uh, you know, you can see the whole thing as it's going across. But the reason why you can only see one half is because we're, you know, we're on the plate. We're, we're spinning along with the rest of the Milky Way. We're only seeing part of the, the big picture. Um, exactly. And see same, through like phases, phases of the moon and stuff. It's like we only see this part of the moon because, well, the sun's over there right now. And we're only getting that portion of it. But it's all there. Very true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, anyway. but anyway, and then he lend, he ends it on a joke. Uh, he moved the going from the bullshit to uh, a man in black joke at the end, where he says, uh, "Gunsinger says I'm, the fire, I'm cold." Gun, man, build it up yourself. The man in black said, "The man in black, it's the butler's night off." And then that goes <laughs> to something that Bruce Ackerman always used to say: "It's the maid's night off. Clean it yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Dad used to say that all the time. It's the maid's night off, or yeah. it's the butler's night off, whatever. Like you gotta. No, I'm, he, you know, I feel like he always said the that, maid. That's an awesome addition. That's an awesome yellow change. I do like it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so he took is... out the poop. He took out the poop joke, but added in a joke at the end. He added in a saying. butler joke. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's not even really a joke. It's just sort of like a bit of levity. Like it's it's halfway yeah. to a joke, yeah. <laughs> so like after just, all that like heavy talk, let's uh, it's yeah. Butler's night off. I, I'm going yeah. to bed. Exactly. I've, I've had enough to to do here. Also, the way you said it there, I don't think Roland. The fire, I'm cold. He wouldn't say it like that. He did not say it like that. Now <laughs> I was amplifying it for comic relief. No, uh, the way Roland probably said it was more like the fire, the fire. I'm cold. Very monotone, very <laughs> yes. a very hangdog expression as he's still like, you know, I'm the worst person in the world and sold my soul to the Dark Tower. Oh. Do you think the gunslinger uh, Roland is depressed? Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what's going on in him. And he, he also is even more depressed because he just lost Jake, too. He did. Exactly. And that's like, why I'm saying he's the feels like he's the worst person in the world. Ali. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, maybe I'm projecting. Maybe the, he, the words aren't technically Susan. there. Uh, he does not say he that he's sad or whatever. But he's remorse, much more brusque. Remorseful. I definitely yeah. feel like he's remorseful. Yes, that's yeah. my point of view on it. He would not be like, 
I, people who are feeling that way when say the fire, I'm cold. You just say the fire, I'm cold. Yeah, exactly. That's probably much more <laughs> yeah. likely how he sounded. Uh, but <laughs> my point is that there there is an interpretation in which you could say that because of his you know brusque like two word answers or like what's that? I don't believe that. Like, the only times you hear Roland talking throughout this whole section is him just sort of refuting things that the Man in Black says. So I feel like that's kind of interesting on its own. Mm. Uh, whereas, like, uh, you dare not, and then Roland says, someone has dared. There's someone there. Or, like, other times when he's like, uh, you know, I, d- I don't believe that man went to the moon. I don't believe in uh, artificial insemination or whatever. Uh, so he's being uh, a, a skeptic. Right? Exactly, he's being a skeptic. Kind of, yeah. he's, he's, he's like, not no assuming. What you say, he, he thinks that the Man in Black is an unreliable narrator. I feel like mm. so he is not is, taking is the Man in Black at face value. He, exactly, Roland is, is too. critically thinking. He is not as dim as he as he thinks that he is. <laughs> Walter O. Dim. Walter, o- <laughs> bringing it full circle. Yes, Walter O. Dim, <laughs> the man he's talking to. <laughs> so on that, oh. I think that's where we got to end it this week. Uh, yeah, ring it back. Um, so I think it's time. I think next week we can finish off this book. Hooray! Well, actually, Kevin, I just noticed there's an afterword too. So. There is an afterword, so I feel like <laughs> the afterword is next week. Uh, I don't know for sure what the afterword. So, so, so do it all do, like the end and the afterword? No, or? no, no, no. I say afterword is for the week after. So. so yeah. <laughs> for after uh, so the week two after more. is after two the afterward yes. yes so, so exactly. next week two. we'll finish the book and uh, then we'll do the afterward and I guess that'll be the end of season one of that Chappie will Brothers. be yes oh this is amazing and exciting um, well you, you check us out on Facebook and uh, we're on uh, what I, I think we are on Apple Podcasts now I, I, I we are to somebody yes we're who's on able to download yes. us i always check us out on spotify because that's always yeah, that's, my that's usually preferred, where I go. you know uh means of listening to music and podcasts but i'm sure if you have uh i think we might be on what else is there there's a bunch um, of others there's I a bunch there's there's a google, google one there's a yeah amazon i think we might be in some sort of an amazon thing we might be on i don't think we're on audible but uh, through, I, I mean, iHeartRadio and uh, oh, I Pandora's, think we are on iHeartRadio and Pandora. Yes, those are the ones we. No, no, we're not. We well, we're not. Oh, well, not, those. not yeah, those yeah. things. Oh, okay, uh, maybe uh, soon. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what boxes we'll we have to out. check off. Who knows? We're, uh, we're also speaking in like you know uh, time travel mode, so this exactly. is a different time than you're going to hear this, folks. Indeed. But anyway. Um, it's been a wonderful time talking about this, and I'm really excited to uh, finish up the chapter and the book next Indeed. week. Uh, but until finishing then, the book proper then, next week, yes, the book proper, and then we'll do the afterward. Uh, and afterwards, until afterwards. Then, Kevin, long days and pleasant nights, and may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> I love you too.